You're listening to the Put On Waivers Podcast with your host, Dwayne Douglas, on the POW Sports Podcast Network. So whether it's the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, or even hockey, nah, forget about hockey. Now for the best in sports talk, come along for the ride with the Put On Waivers Podcast. Here's your host, Dwayne Douglas. Welcome to another glorious episode of the Put On Waivers podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Douglas, along with Mike Rolando and James Amato. How you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing great. All right, good. So on Twitter, you can hit us up at Put On Waivers and at Raiders Today. On Instagram, Raiders Today 1 on Instagram. And if you have questions for the fellows... 213-634-5428 is the text line. So text us any questions. And we should uh we'll get back to you on the air, you know. Give us give us your thought give give we'll give you your, our thoughts on what you ask us. So um let's start off with baseball. We got a lot of we have a bunch of baseball stuff to go to before we go to any any of the other sports. Um Real quick, I I'm sorry I'm thoroughly and um I'm thoroughly enjoying um Ovi's numerous celebrations all over the social media. I mean that guy is that guy is really enjoying winning the Stanley Cup. I got I got to give him a lot of credit. About. That's all about he, and like you know having, fun, he's having enough ahead. fun for the Golden State Warriors, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Houston Astros combined with all everything he's done in the last week. So congrats to Ovi. It's well earned. Yeah. Another great play. And the funny thing, yeah, on Twitter I saw somebody um, retweeted a picture of him, and they cut it. They cut the other half. of The picture was Kevin Durant, and like what, you know, what, what that title meant to. It, it means a little bit more when you're in one place for the, your entire career, opposed to um, creating and creating a Western Conference All Star team. But we'll talk about the Warriors just a little bit later. Um, the bad news bears of the. Major League Baseball um, year. It has been the New York Mets. They have been pretty putrid. Um, you know, they have not. They, they can't score. They can't field. Um, a lot of things going wrong in New York. And they, you know, I, everybody wants the Wilpon to, you know, to sell a team, get rid of it. Um, the GM is not doing a good job there. Um, they they went and got their old GM to maybe get muster up some talent because he's a good evaluator of talent there, and he he's been that in the past for them. But um, thoughts about the Mets and do they just need to bite the bullet and make the Syndergaard or make the make the make the Degrom trade to kind of revitalize that farm system? James, you can go first. Yeah, I mean, it's been going on for, what's it, three years now. They went to the World Series in 2015, but even before then, you know, the stretches were there. The Wilpons are just not in a good shape to own a team, um, financial-wise. They're they're not going to be forced to sell. Um, Bud Selig would never put them in that position. I think as long as Selig is the uh, commissioner of baseball. I'm sorry, not Selig. Um, Selig stands up for them, um, and they, they have a lot of a lot of power 
with the Major League Baseball office, and, and they're always behind baseball. So, so they get a lot of support from the commissioner's office. I doubt they'll be forced to sell, but, but at some point I think they have to take that step back and admit they're not in a position to own. Um, I mean, this team came out crazy. You know, we were, we were all over them back in April for the way they came out. Um, but if I'm an opposing general manager, like, I don't know if I give up the farm for any of these Mets pitchers. Um, you know, the way they go through injuries in that organization like I, I, I wouldn't give up the farm for for either one of those pitchers right now, and I think I don't think the Mets could deal with another team that would do that either. I, I think they're all just very cautious of dealing with any of the Mets pitchers, just based on, on the history of of injuries that happened in that organization. I think I think part of it is uh, I tend to agree with James a little bit on the on you know how much you might give up on Degrom, but. Um, Part of the problem is, I guess, just depending on your philosophy, do you want to bet your whole, you know, your whole organization on, you know, several good starting pitching arms, or do you want to try to build a strong lineup? Because that lineup, I mean, they, I would actually say the pitching hasn't been the worst. I mean, they can't score. This team can't score. I mean, they, they get they get shut out every every few days. It seems like they get shut out, especially over this long kind of 10, 15 game stretch here. They've been shut out several times. One run here, one run there. I mean, they really can't hit. Jay Bruce hasn't done anything. Uh, Cespedes injured. I mean, they have a lot of injuries also. So it's not, you know, it's not just production. It's, it's injuries and a, and a combination of production as well. So um, it's a matter of, you know, kind of going back to what James said. If you give one of them up, what can you get back to replenish? I mean, you're going to get enough back to actually replenish and actually get starters, position player starters, Um to, you know, if you, if you do trade them, and I don't know if that's the case. I think you, the longer you wait, though, a team like the Yankees, you may get a couple of starters if they're desperate. If you know one of their another pitcher goes down or something like that, you might get a desperate team that that is up at the top of a division and, and needs to and needs to make sure that they uh, add a pitcher. Uh, as as good as the Yankees are, and like. Bringing up this trade with the Yankees and Mets, which is never going to happen, even if it would, even if it was beneficial to both teams, even if they tra- said, "Hey, we'll throw in Glaber Torres," they're they're not making this deal just because it's the Mets, because it's the Mets and it's the Yankees. Um, and also, you know, let's be honest, like for the Yankees, that's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of pressure right there, because if you give up and you get the Grom, and the, even if the Grom pitch is great and you're able to win a championship, but you know, Torres is becomes the next Roberto Alomar. I mean, he 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 tears up the league for all these years, and you're giving up really good position players. And Sheffield comes in and and does a great job with the Mets as well. Um, you know, Yankee fans, they're so numb to the one championship. If it's not basically if it's not a dynasty, they don't really want it. Um, 2009 to them is like you know 40 years ago. So. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean the only reason the only reason I brought them up, I don't think it happened either. But the only thing I brought them up is they're a, a team at the top that everybody knows they're they're going to probably be desperate for a starter. Then so is, then give me another team that you think could add Degrom and would give up enough where it might make sense for the Mets. Then I mean, you think the Indians well, yeah. need a starter? I mean, give me give me another team that needs a starter. The, the, when, the Indians. When you think back to well, when you think back to 2016, the Yankees made two once-in-a-lifetime trades pretty much the trading deadline with the with the yep. Indians and the Cubs. And you had two teams 
that haven't won in a long time. The Cubs were more desperate. Um, Theo Epstein was going, you know, he wanted to go for it all. He gave up a lot for a pitcher for two months and, and they, and they got every penny's worth out of, out of Chapman. Yep. You know, and I think a lot of teams are looking at that, but there's really no, there's no teams in baseball right now outside of the Indians who, who haven't won in a long time. And I don't see any team giving up the farm for either one of those pitchers on the Mets. In fact, I don't see any team in baseball giving up the farm for any pitcher in baseball right now, you know, unless Justin Verlander goes back on the block, which isn't going to happen. Um, you know, the Indians, I, I like the Indians starting pitching. It, it w- would it be nice to add a Syndergaard um, or a DeGrom? Yeah, it would, but, but not at the price of what the Mets are going to be looking for. And, and I think the Mets are, you know, will – turn out to be the Cleveland Cavaliers if they trade either one of those guys and the same way they got Rob for Kyrie Irving like it's, it's not going to be a good deal for the Mets and um, I just don't see anyone going overboard in a trade the way the Cubs and the Indians did two years ago I mean I I see the point I do think that there's one team who will do whatever it takes to make the playoffs this year and that's Seattle they have the longest um, streak of not making not making the playoffs in in you know in in you know in U.S. sports. They have not made the playoffs in a very long time, and they want to desperately make the playoffs this year. They actually got a lot better since Cano has not been not 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 been in the lineup, and their the GM has already said that when Cano comes back, he's splitting time with D Brown. I mean, with um with D Gordon. So. They might be a team where they might be desperate to do something there, um, and also I, I think Cleveland may not be in that market. Cleveland might be in the market to maybe go out and say, "Hey, let's kick the tires on Machado for for a season and see if we can add to our lineup, throw him at third base, and see if that's okay there." So, I'm um, I'm still for, for the Yankees. They as good as they are, as 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 talented as they are, as dynamic as they are offensively, pitching still is king, and what are, what is this team really going to do in a four in a seven game series against you know three top line starters? I mean that's that's an issue. I mean that, to me that's a big issue with them. Can they do that? And I'm not sure if they can do that because I don't trust you know I don't, I don't even Sabathia's going to come through again in the playoffs. I mean that's 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 a tough ask. Um, with his age, he has done it. Um, usually if he does do it, it's going to be you know a, a six a five or six inning outing. You know. I, I don't really, I don't see them doing that. I've been saying that, you know, you know, maybe in the off season, they, they put all these chips in to, you know, to go get Stanton. Maybe the guy they really needed to get was Garrett Cole. You know, I mean, if they had if they had Garrett Cole with, you know, with their number one, with the number one starter, they'd be all good right now. I just don't know if they had the starting pitching, especially with Tanaka's, um, you know, Tanaka's banged up, has a little injury here. I'm not sure if the Yankees have enough to. To really, to really make the next move, but we're, but we're talking about the Mets right now, and the Mets, I mean, they are. This is as bad as it's going to get because you know they have just a bunch of old guys on that team too. Now they don't even have the young guys like Conforto and everybody like that. They're not even doing the job at all either. So there's talk about Conforto going back down. So this is like this is really a tough situation in New York for for the Mets, especially when you got to look across town and see what the Yankees are doing. I do think yeah, there'll be takers, though. Seems, 
you know, that, that's pretty been pretty much the Mets story since 1996. When you think about it, maybe even go back to 95, where they've been second behind the Yankees. Uh, but when the Mets are the better team, you know, New York is naturally a National League city, and I, and I think the Mets, when they are on a roll, they create a lot more excitement in New York. But I think it's that whole getting behind the, the underdogs. You know, they're the underdogs in New York City. They have a hundred and you know fifty million dollar payroll, and they the under, they're the small market team in New York. So I think when they win, they get more of the city behind them. Um, but yeah, they're they're just they are just a mess with what's going on over there. The problem is if nothing changes, if they don't change, if they don't trade the pitchers, if they don't trade the pitchers, nothing changes. I mean, that's the problem too. I mean, they may not want to give up the pitchers, and they don't think they're going to get enough back. But if they keep them, nothing changes. I mean, so it's it's kind of a they're in a little bit of a catch twenty two, and that they really can't win in this. And it's because they trade them away, and the prospects don't work, or the starters don't work out. They're going to get, they're going to get destroyed, also. So uh, it's a very difficult situation for them. So you're the Angels, and you you make you, you this whole you do this whole dog and pony show in the off season to get Otani. He comes over. Uh, you put a lot of st- you put a lot of you know you, you baby him as much as you can on the mound, um, and he still gets hurt. Um, you know they're talking about him maybe doing Tommy John surgery. But with him, it's not just the pitching side of it. It's his bat. So do you bite the bullet and say, hey, we're going go to we're gonna go for Tommy John? Or do you say, hey, this is our DH for the season? Mike, what are your thoughts on Otani? And, you know, what should the Angels do in this situation? Man, that's a – what a, I mean, everybody looks at it as a great novelty to have a pitcher who can hit, and then when you when he when he actually he gets injured, you lose both. So it's not necessarily as great a situation as it starts off off to be. Um, I think that he is more valuable. Again, if he plays a position, if he's just DHing, which you're going to have him. I, I think if he needs Tommy John surgery, you get the Tommy John surgery, especially since they're already seven and a half back. Do you think even if he's there? As just a DH. Now you take the pitching out. He's just a DH. You think you're going to catch the Astros or the Mariners? I, I personally don't think so. I think you know he's young. If you get it done, maybe you can get him back at some point next year, later on, potentially, depending on the scheduling of, of surgery and things like that. I think you get the surgery if it's needed. James. Yeah, I, I, you know. The surgery report I heard puts them out until 2020. Um, so, you know, this is one of those weird injuries where I don't think you're getting the full story. Um, so you're looking at almost a year and a half of that. Someone you've invested a lot of money in. Um, you know, I, I'd probably go for the surgery because I think the pitching is a more valuable aspect of them. Um, but with him being, you know, if you think back to – you know, Tanaka too, like the, the Japanese pitchers don't like getting these surgeries in America. They rather would just sit it out and come back. So um, I see him wanting to, you know, DH and play and, you know, just not pitch and try to come back next year. I, I don't see him going for surgery at all. And I think it's been pretty traditional with a lot of the the pitchers that come over from Japan is they, they don't want to mess around with that, with the American surgery that we have here. So, um, but again, they are out of it. But then you think about it too, like, do you do that with Otani? And then do they become a candidate to go after one of the best pitchers and try to get back into the race? Um, 
you know, seven and a half isn't that much be out at this time of year. Then it's not like they're playing bad baseball. They're playing, you know, they're 37 and 32. Houston is Houston, and Seattle's just playing, like, out of this world baseball right now. So does Seattle come back to earth and the, and, and the Angels take off? I think that's what it comes down to. And with the, with the schedule as it is, you're going to be playing your division a whole lot. So maybe they can make up some games against Seattle as well. So that could be something that um, you can look at and see if that's where the Angels can make a little bit of make a little bit of a move there. There's pressure there for that team. I mean, they have not made the playoffs in a they have not made the playoffs in a while. They have not made a run in a while. So um, it's interesting to see what happens to this team if they don't uh, they don't make a move or they don't make the playoffs this year. And it looks like it's going to be really tough to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, Cleveland has that division pretty much on lockdown, but with the Red Sox and Yankees, and then you have it's, Seattle kind of jumped into the fray here um, along with um, the along with the Astros who are going to be there all year. Got to see what happens um, in the American League wild card. Might not be a spot there for the Angels. Um, the Angels also yeah, have I don't the best see... players. Sorry. I, uh, I don't see anything big going on before the All-Star game trade-wise. I think um, we'll get to the All-Star game, and they'll really get a feel. And, and I think it's going to be like one of those, you know, if someone's going to go for a pitcher, it's going to be one of those four teams that may be falling into the one-game wild card. Think about it. You go up against Houston, they're going to throw Verlander at you. Um, you go up against Boston, they're going to throw Sale at you. Um, you know, Seattle still has Hernandez. Um, he's looking to bounce back a little. There's just too much good top line pitching. So, but like you said, the Mets aren't going to deal with the Yankees. So I think the Yankees have to look other way if they want to get a pitcher. Um, but I think that's really going to be a determinative factor. Like when you get to those last two weeks of July and, and seeing where the cards are starting to fall into place and who's going to line up for that, you know, who's in position for that wild card. And do you want to face Verlander? I mean, you get to the, the second week of July, you get to the all-star break and all of a sudden, you know, Seattle goes back to earth and, and Houston's 10 games up, you know, you, you're pretty confident you're not going to face Houston in the wild card game. So you may not need that pitcher for that one game playoff. So I think that's really, you know, the names are coming out there now for pitches that are available, but I, I think we're not going to see anything big happen, you know, or, or the rumors get really hot until after the all-star break. Yeah. I mean, and, and then you have, I mean, like, cause like, I think the team that, I think the team that could really, if, if, if Francona, and company want to go out there and get the get get a guy. I think that's the team where I think you'll see it, they'll make a big move because they 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 look at the division saying, hey, if we just play, you know, you know, five sixty baseball, we got the division and we're in the playoffs. But can we beat New York? Can we beat Boston? Can we beat you know, Seattle? Can we beat Houston? And maybe they could if they got a Jacob Degrom. Maybe maybe they could if they picked up. Um, a, a guy like Manny Machado, who's on a team that's going nowhere. So we'll see what happens with the with the Indians. I think that they're the one team in the American League that could really um, do something there. And the, and the Dodgers have Dodgers have a lot of injuries on that team. They have a pretty good farm system, and maybe they go in for the ground. Maybe they go in for a guy like Machado and see what happens there, and maybe try to look to sneak in and sign him long term. I think what makes the ground kind of interesting is because he has all those years. He has two years where he's still making. You know nothing, and he's been a really good pitcher for a long for a long time. So I think you put him on a team with with uh, with some bullpen with a with a real bullpen, not not like what the Mets are doing. Um, then you'll see him do uh, 
do a good job for a team there. Uh, Mike Trout, we know how good he is. We know how special he is. I mean, talk about just a languishing in just nothing with this team. He can't. He just can't get into the postseason. He can't. They can't make. They, they can't be a team that's going to be a consistent ball club for um, for a long period of time. They've made moves that haven't been successful, and then now all of a sudden you look at Houston. Um, James, thoughts on you know is tr- what do the Angels do with Trout? They just keep them and just say, hey, we're a big market team. We have a we have a star player who's best player in baseball, but they but we can't do anything to get him to the promised land. Yeah, a I don't see Trout asking for a trade or demanding a trade. I think he's I think he loves playing baseball. I think he likes the situation he's in. Um, I've heard him on radio shows talking about how much he loves being in California. Um, you know, if, if you trade Trout, then you know, why the big Otani investment? You know, why the other investments that they've made? Um, you know, you're giving up a franchise player. And this isn't a John Carlo Stanton situation where there's no money and people aren't coming to the games. You know, the Angels are a big market team. Um, I don't think there's a package big enough you could trade Trout for. You know, unless, unless he gets to those years where he's about to leave as a free agent, you know, he's going to leave. And, you know, maybe he's a trade, you know, trade deadline player. But um, I'm holding on to Trout. You know, and I'm not giving him up. I, I wouldn't trade him at all. Um, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but this Yankee game has turned into um, Juan Soto versus Gleyber Torres as the 19-year-old hit another home run in Yankee Stadium. Um, wow. the, um, the, the Nats are winning 5-4. Uh, but he's, you know, that, that's, I wasn't, I, I don't know what you were doing when you were 19, but I definitely wasn't doing that. So <laughs> he is, he is, a, he's a special He's a special talent, man. I tell you, we'll see. We'll see what happens with him, and he might be the. He, he probably will be the face of the franchise because you know, the guy in right field is not going to be back. We all know that. Um, yeah, I mean, it will be against Trout's demeanor to like you know to do that. You know, he's such a likable guy. He was you know parading around the Super Bowl all week, uh, all, all, all those two weeks during the Super Bowl because he was a big group in Philly and was a big Phillies fan, uh, Philadelphia Eagles fan. So. It'd be interesting to see, um, you know, if you if you if you had the right package, would he be available? I don't I don't think so. I, I think they're just gonna he's just gonna die they're just gonna die on the sword with him because they can't they can't get rid of him. They gotta sell they gotta sell some tickets. They, you know, they signed Upton to a deal as well. Um, so it's been their best interest to kind of keep it together. I'm not trying to break the team up, but they do have to do something to to. I mean, maybe they could be in the market for for one of the best pitchers, and if they had anything in the in the farm system because they need they need something to make a move and try to get into the playoffs desperately. Mike? I, I don't have a lot different to say. I think Trout's way, way too good to, to trade. I mean, it's like you trade Michael Jordan. I mean, he's, he's the best player in baseball. It's not really that close. And I don't think you could ever, like James said, get back anything even near what you'd, uh, what you would need in order for it to make sense. The only way he would probably, it would, it would go anywhere as if he demanded a trade. I, I, I like James. I don't. He doesn't seem like that type of person, that type of player. He's just going to kind of wait it out. It's not like the team hasn't tried. You know, the team's tried to make moves. I mean, even the Pujols move, you know, it was a big deal at the time to, to actually sign him to such a long-term deal. They're trying to to give him help. Um, even Otani, they've just had some bad. They've had some bad luck. They've had some things not work out. I mean, even bringing in Upton. I mean, they've 
they've done some things. They've brought in productive players. It just hasn't been kind of the right mix, and it hasn't worked. And, again, this year, James said it. They haven't played bad. They're just in a difficult division. The, the Seattle started to play real well, and, and now with, with the injuries, it's going to be a difficult thing to, for them to keep pace with the other two teams. So, um, you know, I, 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 again, I don't see them. You know, a lot of times stars generally become upset at their organizations if they're not trying to, to, to be a winner. I think the Angels are trying, and things just aren't falling into place yet. All right, so I'm just going to take a quick peek at his – before we go on to the next subject, I'm going to take on a quick peek at his at his contract. Mike Trout, so it looks like in 20 – oh, man, nice to make $33 million a year, huh? Jeez Louise. Um, he is going to be a free agent in 2021. So, you know, maybe he decides to – Go to Northern California if he likes California so much, you know. See what happens there. Um, but try, and he will only be 29 years old too when he becomes a free agent. So it's not like he's going to be, you know, 33, 32 years old. He's still going to be well in his prime. So see what happens with um, Trout there. He looks like, looks like he has two more seasons left, but they do have to at some point um, start putting a winning product um, uh, with him if they want to. Um, they want to make a run with him as as the face of the franchise. The Mariners now are just on fire, 20 games over 500. Um, Seager's playing well. They're just doing a lot of different things there to really get um, to get things going in Seattle. Um, James, thoughts on Seattle? Will be kind of there'll be a, a new team in the playoff, a new team in the, in the playoffs. We haven't seen them in a long time, but Seattle will be a cool a cool place, good sports town. Even nice to see them back in the playoffs. Yeah, it'd be really good. A um, lot of enthusiastic fans in Seattle. They get behind all their teams out there, and, and that's that's why they need the Sonics back. Um, but that's a that's a story for a different day. Um, they have Boston coming into town, and I think this is like the American League East swing out to the West. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they match up against Boston um, over the next three games. That starts oh, actually a four game series this weekend. So so that'll be really interesting for them um, what's coming on. And then I think the Yankees are, well, they're, oh, Yankees have Tampa Bay coming in this weekend. So that, that you know, that could have a lot of play on, on what happens in American League East and American League West, you know, whether Boston, you know, whether Seattle's with the big boys and, and can compete with a Boston or, or the Yankees or, you know, if they can knock Boston back from games and, and the Yankees playing Tampa, see, see what happens there. So, um, yeah, I, I like when Seattle does good. Uh, you know, it, it's too bad Ichiro's not there, part of the team. I thought that would have been really cool for him. But the way they've turned it on since Cano left, you just you just wonder, like, how much of an impact he had on the team or was holding them back. And, again, that's one of those those small town – I know that really a small town. It's one of those small major league town teams where when you're paying someone that much, you have to play them. And it's not like he hasn't performed in Seattle – but maybe, you know, that just he just wasn't the best fit for that team. You know, it could have all, almost been one of those A-Rod situations where when A-Rod was talking about going to the Mets and Steve Phillips said, I didn't want a, a one-plus-25 player team. And, and I think maybe that could have had some effect with what's been going on in Seattle because they're, they're just on fire since he left. I mean, it's not even close to anyone having the best, you know, record as them over those 20-plus games since he's been out. Yeah, and they had a walk-off um, home run to, um, today in the MLB Facebook game. 
Um, and they they were able to beat the Angels in Seattle. Um, Mike, let's talk um, DH real quick with Seattle. Nelson Cruz, I got his numbers right in front of me, just incredibly consistent offensive player. Is he, you know, the the best DH Seattle's had? And then that's high praise when you're talking about a guy like Edgar Martinez. He's been outstanding. You know, 44 home runs, 43 home runs, 39 home runs, has 16 um, this year, had 119 RBIs last year. Thoughts on Nelson and how 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 important he is to just you know anchoring that Seattle offense. Um, he's he's uh, obviously an incredibly productive hitter. Um, I I definitely hesitate saying he's the best DH they've ever had with with Edgar there, uh, and especially when I know Nelson Cruz has had I believe has had a steroid pass. Um, and so I, I personally I don't want to compare those two players just for that purpose, but. Um, I, I don't think they would compare, but he's incredibly productive and important to that team. There's no question. Adds power. I actually thought when Cano actually came on that they would be a, a, a devastating one, you know, a devastating like three, four combination in that lineup. And he's held up his end of the bargain. And, and Cano, like you said, hasn't played badly, but um, I mean, consistent 40 homer, 100 RBIs the last the last four or five years, and even before that with Texas, was very productive before coming over to Seattle. So um, had a great year in Baltimore as well, if I recall. So um, just very consistent player. Probably, obviously, more power than Edgar Martinez. But overall hitter, I'm going to say Edgar's still better. But uh, as far as the pure power hitter, uh, it's, it's, I don't think there's really any doubt there. Just consistency in regard to hitting home runs. Yeah, and, and to me, it will be just – it would be great to see Seattle have King Felix pitch a playoff game. He's been such a he's been a cost, he's been a consummate Mariner. He's yeah, when you think of when you think of Felix Hernandez, he is he's you think of the you know the Seattle Mariners and he's been a really good pitcher for them for a long period of time. It'd be nice to see him get in the playoffs as well. So Seattle making a big moves here, twenty games over five hundred and playing great baseball here. Um, Yankees Astros, this would be the epic, most epic wild card game in the history of Major League Baseball. I I I could see the I think could see if the Yankees lost that lost that wild card game, them complaining to the league enough to maybe them to have them change the rule to maybe so that you know it'd be a three game series instead of the one game playoff. But um, <laughs> thoughts about like thoughts about how how important it is for the Red Sox. And Red Sox, Astros, um, and Yankees to avoid that uh, that 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 wild card game, that one 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 and done situation, James. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was, I was looking at an incredible stat on Nelson Cruz, and I I, I know we don't want to go back on that, but he's had 6,059 plate appearances, and he and for someone that big and as a DH, he's only grounded into 118 double plays in his career. Um. And there's only been five seasons where he's grounded into more in double figures. It's incredible stats that I'm seeing. So, not saying he's Edgar, but he's he's been a pretty consistent player um, over his career. Um, yeah, I think the Yankees want to do everything possible to avoid playing Houston in a one-game playoff. Um, right now, as the roster stand, they don't match up well. Um, you know, Verlander 
throw whoever you want against Verlander. Um, you know, Verlander could have one of those throwback 1987 games and pitch 11 innings. Um, you know, take whatever it needs to, to win that series. Um, I think the Yankees have to do everything possible to avoid. I think any team in baseball has to do anything possible to avoid that one game, uh, a one game playoff with Houston. Because I don't think I don't think anyone's getting past Houston in one game. Um, no one's matching up with Verlander. Yeah, um, I keep I'm going back and looking at some of the uh, the stats because you mentioned you know some of the stats of the uh, offensive players for the Seattle Mariners here. We got third baseman Kyle Seager. Talk about consistency. I mean, just 20 home runs or more every year since 2012. Um, you know, his lowest year in RBIs was 69. But he's been a very, he's been, a, I mean, his brother gets a lot of the pub, but he really is, he's been a really consistent player um, for them as well. So talk about, um, talk about the, talk about the Seattle um, Mariners third baseman Kyle Seager. But, uh, it, it's going to be fascinating because these teams are going to go all out to to avoid that playoff game, if if they can. The Yankees and I mean all these games matter. So like this is what baseball did that was good, is all these down the stretch you can't just coast unless you're an Indians because because that division is horrible. Mike, the Yankees, Red Sox, Astros, they can't coast. The Mr. Seattle can't coast. They want to avoid that game at all costs because nobody wants to play in that. I agree. I agree with James that Astros obviously hold the advantage with everybody, but I still, the Astros would be desperate not to get in that game either. I mean, you don't, because anything can happen. I mean, the Yankees, it's been, seems like three years since they've scored a run off Verlander, and they've still beat, beaten the Astros even this year when he didn't give up any runs through, I think, through nine. Um, it just ended up, you, you matched them. But, because that, that's always possible with a one game, even though they'd have the advantage, you still don't want to take that chance. Um, it's just one of those things. You have so many good teams. Somebody's going to end up in that game. You know, somebody's going to have to <laughs> to play in the game. Whether you end up with the Yankees, Astros, whether you end up with Red Sox, Astros, whether you end up with Mariners, uh, Mariners, Red Sox, I and mean, whatever the matchup is, you've got teams that are probably too good to be considered a wild card team. So I mean, it's going to be exciting, and one of the few sports where. It really will matter the last week or two, potentially, if all these teams are close together. Everyone will be throwing all their best pitchers because you want to avoid that game. So they should be playing hard right up through to, right through to the end. And you also keep an eye. You know, we always talk about this, but in the middle of July, one game, if you blow a five-run lead in the ninth inning, doesn't seem like a big deal. Those games, you know, as you, as you look at them in July and you're like, man, if we could have that game back because – you know, you end up tied at the end of the season or something like that. I mean, um, they're going to be really neck and neck coming down, I think, especially the Yankees-Red Sox. I don't know how the, you know, if the Astros will pull ahead or whatever, but I suspect the Yankees and Red Sox will be close all, all year. You listen to the Put On Waivers podcast, Dwayne Douglas, James Amato, and Mike Rolando. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. How would you feel if you got pulled over for speeding today? but you didn't get a ticket. Now that feels good, doesn't it? Well, that's pretty much what it feels like when your computer crashes or gets infected with a nasty virus if you get Carbonite online backup before you have your next computer disaster. With Carbonite, you get a do-over. You get your pictures and your other priceless files back. 
Computer disasters are inevitable, but for only $59 a year, Carbonite gives you safe, automatic, and unlimited backup for your PC or Mac. Plus, with Carbonite, you get anytime, anywhere access to your backed-up files from any computer or on your smartphone or iPad with a free app. Try Carbonite free for 15 days, plus get two free months with purchase. To get this special offer, click on the Carbonite banner or visit Carbonite.com and use offer code FREETRIAL. That's Carbonite.com, offer code free trial. Or simply click on the Carbonite banner on your screen. Welcome back to the Put On Waivers Podcast with Dwayne Douglas, James Amato, and Mike Rolando. Back on the Put On Waivers Podcast at Put On Waivers is our Twitter handle, and also for Raider fans, we have at Raiders Today. And on Instagram, it's Raiders Today 1, 213-634-5428 is the text line. So you can text us some questions if you have any questions. And don't forget, if you are looking for clothing, clothing, sweatshirts, T-shirts, and you for a good cause as well, createculture.co is the place to go for that stuff. Um it must be nice to be Greg Bird because you're able to, you know, hit 170 and still be able to <laughs> hit third on the hit third on the Yankees. Um, no, it's really no pressure for him to, you know, to get going. Obviously, obviously, he's having a, having a decent game tonight. But uh, you know, Mike, when does Bird have to kind of at some point show his promise? Or he or or end up being a platoon player, a platoon player for the Yankees. Um, I think he's, I think he's got a lot. I think he's got more time because I think they they view him as much much better than the alternative. Even though um, Austin has played well, I don't think they view them nearly the same in regard to talent. Usually, talent wins out in those things. So they just view him as a much more talented player, and that they, that they believe he'll get. You know, he's. He's got a, a history where he really has never not hit. So um, they're going to give him a little bit more leeway. I think there's more pressure actually on Sanchez to start hitting. Now you're you're 60 games into the season and he's under 200 um, and he can't catch very well. And the backup catcher is hitting 300 and catches great. It seems to be the choice of all the pitchers. So, yeah, I think there's more pressure on somebody like Sanchez to turn it around than there is Bird at this point. I mean, again, if you're – you know, for a month now, a month away, and you're talking, he's he's still, you know, hovering around that same you know, that, the the same production. I, I think uh, you might I might say something different, but I think at this point, coming off an injury, a season long injury, I think they're going to give him time to kind of ramp up because he's a more dangerous hitter potentially than than any of the other first base options they have. James, um, when do you kind of pull the plug or just you know, I mean, like right now. He's not hit, he's not hitting decent game tonight, but not really um, hitting the baseball. Um, he, the Yankees can afford to carry him because because he does he does serve a purpose in the lineup. He breaks up all the right-handed hitters. But your thoughts on at some point where does it get to the point where you have to say, hey, we might have to sit him sit him down or or maybe sit him back down. I, I think he summed it up in, in the fact that they can hide him in the lineup. And I think that's what it comes down to. I think they like his defense at first base. Um, I don't see them really caring about it. You have Judge. You have Stanton. 
This team can hit. They're scoring a lot of runs. Um, you know, he's not dragging them back. I think he, I think he needs the at-bats. He just hasn't had a lot of at-bats yeah. the last couple of years, you know, and, and that was, um, and I'm sorry, I can't think of his name. The catcher who got traded to the Mets, you know, he, he said, hey, get me some at-bats and you'll see me produce. And he's actually having a nice little run with the Mets. Um, his, his offense is picking up. And I think Burgess needs to play. And I think Aaron Boone sees that, and, and they're going to stick with him and give him that opportunity to, to work his way out of it. The, the team's too good. Um, they have too much of an advantage with their record to, to not really worry about Bird. I think if the team was having a bad year, uh, if they were more closer to 500, if they weren't in the hunt for the division, uh, I think there would be a move to, to sit Bird. I think the more fans are against Gary Sanchez than they are against Bird, believe it or not, when, you, when just what you hear, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter, um, but there's also more expectations with Gary Sanchez from what he's done the last couple of years. So I think that's yeah. why Bird's getting that break. Um, but yeah, I, right now with the Yankees position, what they're doing, let Bird work his way out of it. Um, he's shown flashes of brilliance over the last couple of years. So they see that talent. They know that talent is there. And I think they're just going to really let him work his way out of it. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. So um, we're going to go to the weaknesses of both the Astros and the Yankees. So the so the Yankees will Yankees go to the bullpen because they because they have a strong bullpen and we know that their starting pitching is just after after the after the number one is is suspect. So for the Astros, it's the opposite: great starting pitching and that bullpen and that bullpen um, is an issue. So Zach Britton is a guy who can close games. That's a guy who I think would really help the Astros do that. Um, and then you have former. We've been talking about former for to the Yankees forever. Um, James, how good do you think former is? Do you think former could be, a, you know, a, a really good number two starter for the Yankees in a short series? Yeah, I think he'd be a nice fit for for any team, you know, as as a number two starter in a series. I know the Tigers are putting him on a Chris Sale kind of pedestal and that's what they're looking for in return. They, they kind of want what the White Sox got for sale. Um, there's no other teams bidding on Palmer. Um, actually, no one's really bidding on him. I know they're just floating his name out there. Whereas Chris Sale, everyone knew the White Sox wanted to trade him. So you did have the Yankees in on that. So the Sox did have to give up a, a better package than they probably wanted to, to get him. Um, but yeah, I, I think he'd be a nice fit for the Yankees. Um, and again, it comes down to, what they want to give up, um, and is Cashman willing to, to give up prospects? He seems to, you know, doesn't really want to to get involved in those trades. So I think it comes down to what Cashman wants to do. I, I think he likes what he's building there with the young players, mixing them with the old players. Um, I think the, the Yankees might be in a stage, and a lot of fans may want to hear this, where, you know, they may say the World Series is the ultimate goal, but – um, I think for them, it's all about making money. Um, just getting to the playoffs will be fine with them. Um, that's extra revenue for them. I, th- I think they, I think the Yankees have become the first time officially like a business organization. It's not that win organization that it was under George, um, where winning is the bottom line. I, I think there's a lot more thought put into what they're doing as an organization when it comes to players. And, and I think the formula that Cashman has, or I feel the formula that he's been performing the last couple of years is the one he's most comfortable with. Um, you know, the Stanton trade didn't really give up a lot for Stanton, but he was also in a position of not bidding against anyone else. <laughs> so 
So, so when you think about it like that, you know, that, that was a very shrewd move on their part. Uh, Mike, are we just, is James right? where just like the Yankees might just say, Hey, you know what? We have a really talented, um, roster and we have a really, we have, we have a great roster in, in the, in the farm as well. We're not going to trade anybody. We're just going to keep this, keep this together and just, and just see if we can win it as is. You know, I was thinking about that. James makes a great point. I guess we'll find out, right? Because the the, the cashman will tell us. Because if they make a move, like I, again, I don't even know if there's a starting. Are we saying that if they get Fulmer, they have a, a, a you know it doesn't really do much in regard? Does it put them over the top against the Astros? I don't think it does. So you have to be really careful there in regard. To, if you make a huge move, like in, we were talking about the Cubs, what they did with Chapman and even the Indians with Miller, those moves probably got them. Uh, I know for the Cubs, it, it might have won them the World Series. So you, you have to know that the, the guy you're going to give up all these prospects for is going to be able to push you kind of over the edge. And I don't think Homer's necessarily – he might be a great addition. I don't think he pushes them over the edge of the Astros. I think the Astros – I think all of us would probably say the starters for the Astros are still better. Um, so it's a, it's a tough – you know, if, if someone else, a top-flight starter was available um, – if Degrom wasn't in, wasn't wasn't playing for New York, wasn't playing for the Mets, maybe we would be looking at other options. But James may be right. The Yankees may be looking at their young prospects and saying we have really solidified ourselves for the next five six years. We're going to be in the playoffs for the next five or six years, so we're going to stay the course and see if we can win it one of those years, as opposed to kind of taking an all-in approach every year now for the next you no. Know, for the next few years and just trying to make individual, you know, individual additions to try to win that specific year it would be a change because George would probably empty the farm to try to get somebody if they got that close. But, um, you know, they have solidified themselves in the next probably five, six years of getting in the playoffs. So maybe they're going to take a shot and just try to figure out if they can win it one of those years. Just as is. Yeah, I think so- I think they, I think the Ken Phelps days are over for the Yankees where yeah. they're, they're going to get yeah. a bunch of prospects. Um, or something like that. When you think about it, the Yankees went into last season with no expectations, and and um, Cashman talked about a three to four year not rebuilding plan, but like a, like a refocusing plan. And they're two years ahead of that plan, <laughs> so yeah, you yeah. know they're, they're much more ahead of where they wanted to be at this point. So I, I you know, I, I think he wants to stick to that plan that he's got. If you, either yeah, one so, of you guys, so, if the Yankees get Fulmer, do you think do you think that makes the Yankees better than the Astros if they had Fulmer? So, I don't think it makes them better. I think it makes them more competitive. So, yeah. so with that being said, um, Fulmer's career ERA is three point six two. He's a he's about a five hundred pitcher playing on a pitching on a bad baseball team. So we bad know team. that. Yeah, so, a bad baseball team. So, he, yeah, bad baseball team. So, yes. Yeah, so Houston Astros career stats versus Fulmer. You got Altuve batting over three hundred. You got Bregman batting over three hundred. He's never faced Correa, looks like. Um, Elvin Gaddis is batting over 300. Marwin Gonzalez is batting 667. Um, Uriel, uh, Uriel is batting um, over 300. And uh, Josh Reddick is batting over 500. George Springer has, does not have a hit against him yet. So uh, just, uh, just just some food for thought as far as, um, you know, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that if he has if he's pitching for the Yankees and they're giving him four or five runs a game that he can't you know 
you know, shut shut them down in a game in you know September October. But just something to think about. Um, you know, he's not pitched well against the Astros, but then again, not many pitchers have, especially pitchers who are on bad teams too, as well. So. Well, you, you think about happened. it like this: if if Fulmer becomes your number two, when does you know when does he make the Yankees better than than the Astros? And that would be if the Astros are the team that falls into the one game playoff, and they have to start Verlander because then in the first round of the playoffs, you're not getting Verlander in game one. You're probably not seeing Verlander until game three. Um, so you know, so you get a little bit of a pitching advantage. So I think Houston is just as desperate to win the division and, and not fall into that one um, game playoff because it just shuffles up their rotation so much. Yeah, no question about that. It should be, like I said, should be interesting. So, it's a battle we go through every year, and um, we we talk about it all the time, to DH or not to DH. Uh, I'm not sure where you guys stand on it. I don't, as a National League fan, my whole life. I'm just used to not used to having a pitcher hit. I'm just like you know, I'm used to all that like the the the, the decisions that go with that. So I can't, you know, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't frustrate me if the National League decided to say, hey, let's, you know, we are the only league in America and basically um, in baseball who are, who, who are where our pitchers hit. I wouldn't, I'm not so tied to the pitcher hitting that I would, um, you know, be upset with it, but it's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of just, you know, food for thought on that part of it. What do you guys think? Uh, Michael, Michael, let you go first, and then James, you just jump right in after that. What, what are your thoughts on the DH? Do you, would you want to keep it, or do you want to you want to um, you want to you want to keep the DH in both leagues, or just keep it as is? I think they should. Well, it's a, it's a tough one because I, I have ever since I think I followed baseball, it's been it's been the way it is right now. So it's like you know, if there's a change made, it would it would feel strange, I guess. But I think. I think going with the DH in both leagues is, is a better idea. I think you you kind of reduce the risk of um, reduce the risk of pitchers getting injured. On top of the fact that um, it is a disadvantage when you have American League uh, pitchers when they have their league when they have you know even World Series games where pitchers have to hit is a disadvantage for the American League because their pitchers never hit. Um, and so I, I you know if you if you do it in reverse. You know, everybody on that bench in the National League who's a position player can hit. Um, you might not have as good a DA designated hitter, so that that could be advantage on the American League side too. But I think both leagues should go with a DH. You know, they're they're you know obviously I don't think anybody wants to reduce offense at this point. They're trying to gain viewers, and unfortunately, you know I love a good pitching duel. We probably all do, but to, to get the average fan, you probably want runs to go up, not down, and I, I think that's uh, potentially could be a factor. I think you should probably just add the DH to both leagues. That'd be my view on it. Yeah, I, I think we see a National League DH before we see the American League get rid of it. Um, you know, if, if we go back to to baseball um, when there was no regular interleague play and the, and the way interleague play has expanded. Um, I would have, I have no problem keeping, you know, the leagues the way they were, but with the amount of really play and the fact that there's always an league game every single day because of the unbalanced, you know, the odd number of teams, I think a decision has to be made. And, and uh, I think the National League has to get on board with getting a DH. Um, it is a disadvantage when the American League teams go there. Um, you know, the, the funny thing is, is I'm at an age where, the World Series was never, you know, the best team with the best record hosting. It actually alternated it every year. 
um, the National League hosted it one year. So, like, you were, you were always fearing, like, you know, we have the better record, the American League, but, you know, we're not going to have a DH for four games. Like, how are we going to work this out and, and stuff like that to win the series? Um, I'm, I'm a fan of pure baseball, even though I've grown up following the American League. I, I would like to see the pitcher hit. Um, I think it's just a much more interesting game with, with you know, it makes the managers manage more. Um, but I, I don't see it going away. And, and in fact, if, if you're going to fix it, then the National League has to adopt a designated hitter just to put it across the board in all of baseball. You know, here's a thought, and it will never happen because leagues would not give their fans that kind of power. But same way we vote for the All Star Game, well, let's let why don't we let the fans vote if they want the DH or the or the pitcher to hit. Like let, let them vote. Like like why why I mean like they're where 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 That's a little bit of a that's a lot bigger decision than the, than the All Star vote now. No, I mean, why? You either, I mean, like you're, I mean, they It's either the ballot says keep it as it is, or or go DH in both leagues. I think that's. I mean, that's. I mean, they're where where the fans let the fans tell you what they want. Like you know, if they want, if they want to see. For me, it will be. It will be. It's in the Amer- in the American League. It's nice to have guys like Nelson. We we spoke about Nelson Cruz earlier. Nelson Cruz can really is not a fielder anymore, but he can definitely still hit. So his career shouldn't end, you know, I mean, and and now with it, with the DH in American league, it doesn't end. The only, I think the only addition, the thing with the, with the um, DH in the, in the American league is the games. I, w- I would think that the games in the American league would definitely be longer than national league games just because it's just more, it's just more offense. More, you know, more, more decisions to make as far as pitching goes. I mean, because pitching is the pitchers are going to throw a lot more pitches in that league than in the National League, where you know you do get when you get down to the bottom of the order and you get that eighth hitter and that ninth and that and that um and that pitcher there, you, you, that guy is going to be out. But I, I say I say leave it up to the fans. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's that there. I mean, to me, you you eliminate it so that the fans don't have a chance to vote for the American League pitchers hitting. Because because if, cause if that boat came in, then it, all hell would break loose. It's either well, it's either it's either keep yeah, I mean, it's either keep it the way it is or have it okay have fans vote keep it the way it is or have a DH in the National League. Well, when you think about it, the DH has become a specialty position once again. You know, um, as a kid, the DH when the first when the DH first came around, it, it was to extend players' careers to give them like another two or three years to make money in the league. It, it was. You know, all these guys were at the end of the career and couldn't play defense anymore, couldn't play the field. You know, Yaz pretty much ended his last two, three years with the Red Sox as a designated hitter most of the time. Very rarely played the outfield. And, and that was kind of the same thing for um, for first baseman. You know, a, a first baseman always played at a, another position first, and, and that's where they went when they couldn't cover their position anymore. You know, that's why Rod Carew went from second to first base. Um, Tony Perez went from outfield to first base. You know, same thing with Ken Singleton. So, you know, it was a position where you wanted to keep a bat in the lineup so you move to first base, and then that actually progressed into the designated hitter. Uh, but now, you know, you're getting 22-year-old designated hitters coming up. Um, you know, John Carlos Stanton is a 27-year-old designated hitter. It, it's just become such a specialty position now that uh, it's not what it once was. So, you know, the, the only fear of a fan vote is, you know, how many fake Twitter accounts can a general manager make to get, you know – the one that they want um, voted on correctly. 
And would and would Putin think it was important enough to mess with the vote? <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Putin got over the cup this year, so. <laughs> and he also he also got um the World Cup as well. So I mean he's not playing around over there. He's he's running he's doing he's doing big things over there. Oh uh, man, he is. He is. He is. Good, good old Vladimir. I love him. VP. I got my voice. My boy. Um. Uh, but yeah, VP. Uh, I'm being nice. I I don't want I don't want him shut me down. Um. But yeah, I mean. I, I do think it's something that um that will be cool. I mean, like for me, like you know, four or five years from now, when um when if Posey can still hit, you know, it would be cool to see him still hit, um, even though he wouldn't be able to um to be behind the plate anymore, you know. So we'll, so we'll, we'll kind of we'll, we'll see what happens there. See what that see what that um. Dwayne, the the best point that you make is that it could extend, you know, it extends careers, and I think would give players a lot more options to be able to have their careers extended and obviously have more options to go in regard to, you know, the teams obviously double that they have options to go, to go play for. I think that's a plus. Um, so, I mean, the only thing I disagree with on is I think it's a little bit because of the gameplay decision. I think the fans probably shouldn't make it, but, but it's also not, you know, it's a game. It's not the most serious thing in the world, but I think the great point yeah. that you make is somebody like Nelson Cruz gets to play for however long he can hit, he can play. I think that's important. I mean, I mean, growing up, growing up, I didn't see, I never saw Don Baylor play the field. I just knew him as yeah, a DH. Yeah, no, I didn't either. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never knew he played the field until like I did. Until I got older, I did more research um, on, on on his career, and I was like, oh, Don Don Baylor played in the field. I didn't know that because um, I was so, so used to him. I I I know him just as a DH um, uh, for the Red Sox. So see what happens there. Um, see what see what the decision is there um, with the. Uh, with Major League Baseball, I, they're going to shake things up a little bit, I think, with with Manfred. I just hope they shake it up in the right way. Um, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not the, the National League guy who was like death to, you know, to you know the, the DH, and I want to keep the pitcher hitting. Um, I mean, I love watching Madison, Madison Bumgarner hit, but I mean, if I can get somebody else to who is a legitimate home run threat there um, on an everyday basis, I'm definitely going to get that guy. So we're going to take a quick break, talk a little NFL when we get back. Uh, first hour we hit up on um, Major League um, Major League Baseball. Now we're going to go some do some miscellaneous stuff. What's going on in the, in the National Football League? What's going on in hockey? What's going on with the NBA and the whole LeBron LeBron James um, train is could be coming to L.A.? Sports Fix, rate, review, and subscribe to the Put on Waivers podcast with Mike Rolando. Required listening with Amazon Music. Dad Music again? The greatest guitarist of all time. Wait, who? Alexa, add this song to a new playlist. Sure, what's the new playlist name? Jack's Intro to Classic Rock. Adding Stepping Stone by Jimi Hendrix to Jack's intro to classic rock playlist. Amazon Music, the simplest way to listen to the music you and soon he will love. New customers start your 30-day free trial at AmazonMusic.com. Renews automatically. Cancel anytime. Back on the Put On Waivers podcast, Dwayne Douglas, James Amato, and Mike Rondo talking NFL right now. Um, Not much going on. A couple holdouts here of um, epic proportion when you look at just the guys who are doing it. 
Julio Jones is holding out for more money. Um, Khalil Mack is trying to hold out as well. And you got Earl Thomas. All those guys are um, holding out, and we'll see if they if the fines get too big and they just show up. Um, if the only power these guys have is to hold out, uh, the National Football League has no, absolutely no um, guaranteed contract, so they have to do whatever they can to get to get paid. Um, thoughts on holdouts in general with the NFL? Like basically, just basically just sitting there and you're just you're holding out because you want to do whatever it takes to to get as much money as possible, right, James? Yeah, you definitely want to hold out to get the most money as possible, but you also have to honor the contract. So the only holdout that's really bothering me is the Julio Jones one. I mean, he has three years left on the contract he signed. Um, you know, he signed that contract. He agreed to that contract. He worked on that with his agent. So that's, that's the only one I question. Everyone else is in the final year of a contract, and, and they're just looking for, you know, for some stability. They want to make sure, you know, it, again, if something happens to them or they get hurt, you know, it's not guaranteed, but they still get a portion of their contract. It's not like they get zero dollars. Um, you know, in some cases they do, but you know, the, these top line players do have some guaranteed money in there, whether it's a signing bonus or whatnot. So, when it comes to the NFL, I'm I'm always on the player side to get as much money as you can. I just not a fan of when you know they're you're in the midst of a contract you signed and there's three years left. You know, that's a contract you signed. Um, so I, you know, he's the only person I, I don't support. Again, this is also June training camp, so they're not missing much. It's just it's just a mini statement right now, more or less, no pun intended. Um, but yeah, I, you know, that's that's really the only one one that's irking me. Is it's not even really irking me. It's the only one I just question. Like you have three years left on your contract. You signed that contract. You sat with your agent. You hammered it out. Both sides agreed. So you know, if it's the final year of the contract, I get it. But we're, we're Jones is out right now. Not just not a fan of that. It's no interest to me. Um, Michael, only in the NFL. When you talk about leverage, only in the NFL is missing a July practice and taking a fine a leverage for a player. <laughs> I just I don't see I don't see how it has impacted the team in a negative fashion at all. I I don't know. It's funny to me. You might as well be there because you're going to lose money getting fined and. Nothing is impacted by you not being there potentially. I mean, but I would love if there was a stat that said, you know, if a player holds out that, you know, I don't know if this research is done, but if this, if players have this many, you know, teams have this many players holding out, then it affects them during the season in a negative fashion. I have yet to see that um, actually be concrete evidence. I, I mean, Aaron Donald is holding out. It seems much better now than it was. Uh, a year or two ago, and he still isn't signed. So I don't know what kind of leverage that that actually is in the end, because they don't really have a lot of leverage to be signed. Yeah, I mean, no question about it. The, the, those players have no leverage in the National Football League. I mean, uh, the Players Association in baseball said, uh, you know what, we're not going to play a World Series this year. Um, they know they, they, you know, yeah. they don't really, yeah. you know, they, they, they have, they have, they have a lot of power there. But these guys probably shouldn't show up because there is a possibility. Even in running a drill, that you can, you know, oh, I agree with that. A, I agree with that. Tear a ham, yeah, tear a hamstring or an ACL or something like that. You don't want to, you don't want to risk that, and then all it's of a sudden you have no money coming. Better, I agree. It's personally better for them for that reason, but it doesn't hurt the team. All the team does is find them, and you know, 
uh, you know, it doesn't really do much damage at all as far as, as far as the leverage goes. It just helps them not to get injured, you know, which is a good thing for the player. James, thoughts on Edelman? And because you weren't with us last week when, I, when that happened, um, thoughts on, uh, on, on Julian Edelman getting popped? Today's day and age, nobody surprises me getting popped. Um, the amount of silence that's coming out on, on both sides, even on the NFL side, has been interesting. Um, you think it'd be a lot more headlines. I think ESPN isn't even really jumping on the story yet. Maybe they're afraid of the Patriots now and, and, and all the bad blood they've had with the Patriots. But it's a really weird one. Um, what you're reading is no one can identify what they found in his blood, you know, what caused him to fail, and, and that's why they're failing him. So, you know, is this another new thing the NFL has come up with? If we can't determine what's in your blood, we're just going to suspend you. Um, you know, coming off surgery, um, not defending the guy, you know, but like I said, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if anybody gets caught with PEDs nowadays. Um, you know, especially the amount of money that's in there. Um, and again, with an NFL player, not, you know, without these non-guaranteed contracts, the only way to make it back from a, a pretty big injury is, is to do what they say, you know, when it comes to some of these, these drugs that the doctors are giving you. Um, you know, I don't know. I haven't really heard of solid concrete if he was working out with a TV 12 trainer or not. So, you know, what, what effect that has on it. Um, well, trust me, I'm not a fan of that either. That, that it just like I, I threw up a little in my mouth when I had to say TV 12 because that's the, the dumbest thing ever. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a really weird one because it, it, this story just hasn't gained any traction. It's almost like non-news. It's it's really really weird. I, I thought you know the Cano suspension got a lot more headlines than, than, than the Edelman one. So we'll see where it falls into place. You know. He's one of my favorite Patriots. He's probably my favorite player on the team right now. And so, you know, that part about is, is bothering me because, you know, won't get to see him play for the first four games. But, you know, when it comes to PED, like you couldn't – no one failing a PED could ever shock me. You know, people said back in the day that, you know, they didn't think Jeter would ever fail a PED test. But I wouldn't be surprised if he ever did. You know, it, it, it was just a different game, different environment. Um, and with all the money out there, you know, they, they did one of those, uh, you know, silent polls where they didn't tell you who participated, but, you know, 75% of today's athletes said they would take a PED uh, if they guaranteed them the millions of dollars early in their life. And, and they lost the last five or six years of their life because they got to make all that money when they were young. So not, nothing shocks me when it comes to PEDs or, or suspensions. Mm, see what happens there. I mean, like I, I did not look at it that way, but um, the way you brought up a good point, this they everybody it, it it happened, and he's a star player, and it's like it didn't happen. It's just like every, it's like quiet. It's like it's like this is this is the equivalent of like a, you know Julio. I mean Julio Jones or somebody one of these star receivers. You know AJ Green getting caught with PDs and like, you know, and like I, it, it seems like nobody's talking about that. I, I do not want to open up this can of worms, and it's not a. a I, I don't want to get political or anything like this. But if it was a Julia, Julio Jones, if it was a Des Bryant who got suspended, I, I think it, it, it would have a lot more traction in, in the news, you know. And and I think it's just, you know, Edelman. You know, he might be respected by the media. He's someone who gets along with the media. He does a lot of interviews. He does a lot. So 
you know, are they not pursuing the story as it's, it's just, it's just a really odd suspension. Like I'm looking at ESPN NFL page right now, and it's not even on the landing page for, for the NFL. There's like not a single story about Edelman on here. Uh, he's at the bottom of the page. So I just scroll all the way down and see a picture of Edelman. And, and there's nothing going on. So there's no reason for him for, for, for not to be a lot higher on that list. Yeah. That, that's very interesting, but you know, Hey, if if it's if it's something if it's something going on in the night in the NFL is usually going on in New England. So gotta see what's yeah. going on. There. Um, good news for Andrew Luck. He's actually um, there are there are clip, there are clips of him actually throwing a football, which is interesting. Um, that he gets paid to do that, but he has been injured. His his whole organization destroyed his almost destroyed his life the way he the way he um got beat up. Um, from opposing defenses last year. Uh, even if Luck plays, it doesn't really matter because the team is horrible. But at least if he gets on the field and, you know, they draft the guard, if they can just continue to get better um, offensively, um, blocking for him and doing all those things like that, um, maybe Luck will come. Maybe some luck, maybe luck will come back and, uh, and be what he was uh, early in his career. Because he was he was he was one of the best throwers of the football in the league, so um, I got no ill will to Andrew Luck. I, I hope he does come back um, and and, uh, and play well. Mm, let's see here. That, that, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. It's, it's slim pickings right now in, in in the NFL as the Giants look to get swept by the Marlins. I, I just I can't I I'm, I'm I can't take it. At this point at this point I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Bumgarner to the Yankees. I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them away. Okay. I don't even care. Okay. I'm not gonna give them away. Um, NBA, and nobody knows why Kawhi Leonard didn't play last year. Uh, he, he's supposed to be healthy, but he did. But, but he didn't play for some for some odd reason. So, so obviously people are gonna be sitting there saying, "Hey, we want to trade for him. Um, will they trade for? Will Popovich trade him?" If you can get um, quality um, quality players back, um, there's a there's three team three teams out here who I'm going to try to convince you guys to trade Kawhi Leonard um, to. So first, let's go with we're going to go roll over to Philadelphia. So these are all from ESPN.com. They proposed some trades for for Kawhi Leonard. So the 76ers would get Kawhi Leonard and Derek White. The Spurs would get uh, Robert Covington, Markel Fultz, and the tenth pick. Mike, would you do that deal? And then James, you pop right in. Would I do that deal if I was the Sixers? Uh, yes, because because you're not a Spurs. Or the Spurs. If right. you're, I mean, then absolutely. I mean, would, I wouldn't even blink. <laughs> I would say, "Are you crazy?" Of course, I would take that pick. I mean, of course, of course, I would take that trade. I mean, he's he's better than all three of the uh, all three of those options. So probably put together. I mean, I know we don't know necessarily about Markel Fultz fully, but uh, you see a little bit, and you're talking about Kawhi Leonard, who could potentially be a top five player in the league. I, 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 that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. All right, James. Well, yeah, if I'm the Sixers, I make that trade. Kawhi has so much potential, and. Um, if I'm a sane general manager, like I'd, I'd want some kind of commitment out of Kawhi Leonard that he really wants to play basketball in the NBA. I mean, that's just what it, it seems to come down to. Um, 
you know, there, there's a lot of steam starting to build up about teaming Kawhi with LeBron, um, you know, and and Popovich has a really close relationship with with LeBron James. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if, and I don't want to jump ahead of the gun here, but if LeBron ends up in San Antonio and, and, and acquire teammates. Um, well, that, it's, it's a real interesting one that, that's going on there. Um, you know, when, when, when Pop's wife passed away, you know, LeBron was one of the, the more vocal players about showing his love for Popovich and, um, you know, their, their years together with USA basketball definitely impacts that. So it, it's, I would, I would be really intrigued by seeing Kawhi and, and LeBron and, and maybe LeBron can, can pull Kawhi out of this, this little funk he's been in for really like the last year and a half. Um, you know, it, it's Kawhi a future Dennis Rodman where he's just not in the right place and, and just needs to go to a team where he, where he can really show his skills again. You know, I, I don't know, but there's something there where, like, you know, he just didn't want to play basketball last year. And from every account, you know, um, he rubbed a lot of teammates the wrong way, um, just the way he acted. So I'd want to see that commitment before I make any trade for Kawhi Leonard. Boston Celtics um, acquire Kawhi Leonard for Kyrie Irving. And the Boston's um, 2018 first-round pick, plus other picks. That'll be a real short stint for for for, for uh, Uncle Drew there. Huh? Well, Kyrie, Kyrie's not signing an extension. He's he's already said that. So if I'm the Spurs, I don't make that trade, um, even with the picks. The NBA draft is such a crapshoot after you get past the tenth pick every year. All right. Lakers, Kawhi Leonard, get Kawhi Leonard for Lonzo Ball, Luau Dang, and Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, I don't touch yeah. Lonzo Ball and his dad with a with a ten foot pole. Can you imagine his <laughs> you're, dad? You're not, you're not, you're not just you're not his just getting dad Lonzo. With Popovich? You're, you're getting his dad. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Lonzo, that's Lonzo not happening. Yeah. yeah. Lonzo, Lonzo Ball with that. Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Going going to Popovich, that would be that would be. I mean, Lonzo Ball, the player, yeah. is fine as far as like him being close by Popovich, but his father, that would be that would be comical. That would be absolutely comical to It'd see how funny, that probably, would go. You know, the sad part is that's probably the best possible thing that could happen to Lonzo Ball's career. He'd oh, be I a agree. better player probably under under Popovich, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> his dad would ruin it somehow. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So so we're gonna spend. I mean. I'm not. We're going to spend a lot of time on it because it's just it's just annoying. Um, because we who knows when LeBron's going to make the decision, and we don't know what's going to happen with that. But where I mean, you mentioned San Antonio, I just don't feel like. I think if he was younger, maybe I just feel like this is not. This is his last destination. I just feel like it's the last destination. I feel like this is the this move here will be the the spot where he is going to end his career, um, and I just don't see it being in San Antonio. It could be, maybe, um, but to me, I'd have to see, like you said, like what the hell happened with Kawhi. Like I mean, because by all accounts, the team, the coach, his teammates basically said, hey, he should be on a floor playing. So I, that's why I, I think that would kind of turn me off for, for, from, from him going to 
going to that team. But um, thoughts about James? I'll let you go, and then Mike just jump in right after. What is the best spot you see for LeBron James, and where do you think he's going to go? Um, I my my gut feeling is he he pulls not he's not pulling anything. I, I think you know just gets recruits a couple of players, and um, he goes back to Miami. Um, that's the feeling I get. I think he enjoyed his time down there. Um, be a two team player for his career. He's talked a lot, or well, yeah, but Dwayne Wade has talked a lot about that. He doesn't think it's going to be a, a decision about money or winning for LeBron. Um, so that's why the Lakers are always an opportunity, um, especially if he and Paul George go there, because Paul George, you know, is rumored to want to go there. Um, I think the long, long shot is he signs that one-year extension or, or takes his option and stays in Cleveland for the year rides out Cleveland and um, I, I think the dream for every Nick fan po- alive would be for him and, and Kyrie to go to New York in two years and finish out his career as a Nick with a couple of his buddies. He, he talked really sweetly about Kyrie Irving those last three games of the, uh, of the finals. I think he Mike? ends up in, I mean, I think he ends up, you know, you try to think of uh, the one thing with, with uh, LeBron James, I think he wants to put himself in a situation to win uh, first and foremost. That's the problem with maybe going to the Lakers is a lot of, there's so much uncertainty about who will be there. I think he'd, he'd probably want Lonzo ball out. He'd probably obviously want Paul George there at least. And I don't even know if you get Paul George and you get LeBron, even with some of the young pieces they have, I don't know if you, you're not better than the Warriors at that point necessarily. I think you're competitive, but I don't think you're better. And so it's, it's a difficult thing. I mean, does he try to orchestrate something and go to Houston to try to beat the Warriors? Does he try to stay in the East? I don't think he goes to the Sixers because they're kind of they'd be a strange mix with uh, with Simmons. They play, kind of play the same type of position. I know everybody's gone over this. They, they've said that before. So to me, as far as ending your career, if you could get another star to go there, I think even though he doesn't know about competitiveness, I think he has a house there. It could be kind of a fairy tale ending if he ends in, in L.A. All the, you know, being in L.A., being a Laker, all the attention, everything will be on him. Um, I think it's it's probably something that is definitely possible because he he is kind of at this point in his career kind of he he doesn't mind the Hollywood aspect. He doesn't like the he doesn't mind the attention. I, I actually like James's idea about Miami. That's possible. I could see that happen as well, but I think it, I, if I had a choice, uh, and what I think is probably going to be the Lakers, in my opinion, with another star, whoever it might be. I'm from L.A. Dot, California A. Hot, they got shade, let me take you around the way, a lot of out of... That's where he's going. I, I don't think it's any... I, 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 that's where he's going. I, I just feel like that's where it just... And like to answer questions about his the, the talent there, I look at it like this: He was the Lakers currently. Basketball is a young person's game; it just is. You have to have young, active bodies around them. So if they get rid of the Luau Dang contract, if they're if I'm not sure about what's going to happen with Randall, but to me. 
you get him, you get Paul George. If they if they make a decision on getting rid of Dang and Randall, then they have room for for another max contract. And then you have three have you have three superstars, and then who's that third yeah, guy? Brooke Lopez. Who's that third guy? Well, we'll 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 have to well I'll have to see who that third guy is. I mean, some some folks say Demarcus Cousins. That would be that would be that would be very interesting. But he he but Demarcus Cousins is coming off of um injury. But I do think that LeBron is so good that and then like to me the, just the wingspan of the of the of that would be one of the longest teams in the NBA when you look at if you had George who has a huge wingspan defend and, and a solid defender you have LeBron who's a solid defender with a huge wingspan um you know, Brandon Ingram is 6'10 is 6'10 Kyle Kuzma is 6'10 and they all, all both of them can shoot the basketball um you know you can't really leave them open and if they if they're able to keep Randall I mean Randall I think is the guy is the guy who had a tremendous second half of the year, and I understand that the playoff basketball is different, but you you have to have you have to have two way players who can play defense on Curry. Listen, the, the the Warriors thing is you they have guys who can just float defensively and don't have to play hard defensively. That's their that's their biggest issue when you play them. Curry does not have to to really play defense. He doesn't. And in, in the series in the, in the series against Cleveland when he had to go against Kyrie, Kyrie pretty much lit him up. I mean, Curry's going to get his, but like, you know, but he but he has to he, it's he struggles defensively, so you have to be able to do that. Draymond, you know, can't, you know, Draymond can't do anything because I mean, Draymond can float defensively as well. Like he can just be that be that enforcer and just float defensively. You have to be able to play de- you had, to, you had to force all those guys to play defense, and I feel like if you put that team together, they will they will force the Warriors to play defense. Not that they can't do it, but two out of four guys are really good defenders, and the other two are just so-so defenders. But are you talking? They will are you be, saying LeBron James is a good defender? I'm saying Another LeBron. Year older. No, uh, age does not. There, there are certain athletes where age does not even. You, you throw age away. I'm, I'm, I mean, like you know, Tom, the guys like Tom Brady. I don't Brady, think you can ever. I don't. I don't think you can ever throw age away in basketball, especially on. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you? I mean, ha, no way. Have you? Have you? Have you seen LeBron play this this season? Yeah, and, you and, and, I did, and I saw his defense. Oh. And I saw his defense be. He, he wasn't able to defend. He wasn't able to defend very well. I mean, in that in that Warrior a, series, I know he had a lot to do, on, but he didn't look like it's one he was on, all that interested it's in one defending. On, it's one on four, and he's playing with a bunch of inc- and, and guys who are incompetent. Okay, I mean, I, yeah, I, just, I mean, I think thirty four, thirty five, thirty six. I mean, you're getting him for the next say few years, a couple of years, few years. You say one, he's going to end his career. I don't see his defense getting better. Is my point. That that's the one thing I don't see it getting better. <laughs> I I I think that's certain guys. Go ahead, go ahead, James. I, I think when you look back at, at the NBA Finals this year, Golden State is probably, and and you think about any in any sport, any team that's won back-to-back championships. Um, I, I think they're like the least impressive back-to-back champion team. Like like this year's team, like they did not play a good finals. Um, with that being said, do you want to lose to Golden State in the finals, or do you want to lose to them in the second round next year? 
Um, I'm not going to throw away that Miami scenario because you, you never, especially when it comes to athletes, you never throw away the aspect of not playing, of not paying state income tax in Florida. So, you know, you're getting more money right there. Um, Miami's a great city. Um, he had a lot of fun down there. Um, he, you know, he, he's patched up things with Riley. Um, I, I just see, I see a scenario where, where he, you know, gets some of his buddies and convinces Paul George to come down to Miami or, you know, never rule out Pat Riley in, in the Kawhi Leonard, you know, if we want to call him sweepstakes, we'll call him sweepstakes um, for bringing him down to Miami. Um, there, there's just something I mean, about I, this connection the last three days about Kawhi and LeBron that, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, and, and it's, it's getting a lot of talk. And it's really starting to pick up steam. I do, I do I want our listening audience. I, I, just don't I, I want it. our listening. I do want our listening audience to know that the last six minutes is the first time I have ever heard Dwayne defend LeBron James as as uh, as aggressively oh, as he has. He's it's almost like he's <laughs> already, almost like he's already, oh, almost like he's already oh. put him on the Lakers. He's already on the Lakers, and he's defending him like he's a Laker. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, I just, it's I'm amazing. going to California. I'm going to I'm going to California. The decision, the decision hasn't been I'm made telling you yet. Right now. So stop defending him so much, please. And so do not, at least do let him make the roster first. Yeah. When he doesn't sign with the Lakers, <laughs> when he doesn't sign with the Lakers, he's going to be old and doesn't play defense. Yes, yes. <laughs> he he he's going to the Lakers. I, I I'm telling you, sit down in a room with Magic, and I I I, no I age that Magic will make there's that. There's no happen. age in basketball. There's no age in basketball if he's on the Lakers. He's, no age. He's still a good Green played till he was 40 with the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. LA brings out LA brings out the youth of you. He's still a solid defender. I'm not I'm not I'm not buying all that. He's still a solid <laughs> defender. Still a solid defender. Paul George is an elite defender. So still happens there. But LeBron LeBron James is I think LeBron the smart decision would be to to go to go there. Like the Kawhi Leonard thing would be great. If if Kawhi Leonard had a regular Kawhi Leonard season, I would I'd jump on that train and say I'd be I'd be a little bit more worried about that. I, I would that really would be no question about it. I just don't like the fact that he had a season where he just said no mas. Like, so you, I mean, uh, what do you guys, if you guys had a best guess, if you had, because it's such a strange thing and nobody really knows, if you had a best guess, do you, do you think he was, I mean, what, what do you think he had a falling out with, with Pop? I mean, what would cause that to the point where he would basically quit, play nine games, come back from an injury that everybody thinks he was fine from? And what, in your gut, what do you think happened? Because something had to happen. He's a, he's a millennial. And he got his feelings hurt, and he needed to go to his safe room and and just get away from his coach, you know, his his big bad boss. That's what I think happened. I I don't I think he wanted to be babied and you know take his ball and go home. Take his ball. And yeah, go that's home, what he did. He he literally did. You know, Greg Popovich is Greg Popovich. You know, um, obviously Kawhi Leonard can never play for Bill Belichick. Um, if he does, you know, if, if he can't survive under Popovich, so yeah, I, I really think it, it's that whole 
everyone gets a trophy. Nobody does everything wrong. Whatever you say is right attitude. And, and I think that's really, I think he got his feelings hurt. And just, I'm going home. Have a nice day. Yeah. Screw you guys. I'm out yeah. Here. yeah, I know. He did something. But I do, I mean, like I said, I, I'm, I, I think, and I've said this before, I think that if you're going to beat the Warriors, as you've seen last year, I think it's easier or you have a better opportunity because it's never going to be easy to beat that team to beat them in the West than it is than it is to be. No matter where LeBron goes, I think it's better. I think it's if he goes to a team that's stacked in the West, I think he has a better opportunity to beat him there than he does in the finals. I think once that team is so good, once they get to the finals and they smell it, you know, there was some serious doubt. It, it, listen, if Chris Paul plays, are we? I mean, do they do they go to the finals? Like you know. I mean, if Chris Good Paul chance. plays those last two games, I mean, do do they go to the finals? I mean, that that's that's a legit I that's think, a legit I think, question. I think there's a good shot, but is is James Harden too quirky to play play with LeBron for for LeBron's liking? That's why I don't see him going to the Rockets. I just don't see him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And James Harden he be, smashing. Yeah, he can't. He can't because he talk about you mentioned about not trying defensively. The guy doesn't try, and 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 D'Antoni's and 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 then and then D'Antoni's style of play. You know, seven seconds or less is not going to be a, something that's going to be something that LeBron James is going to want to play because it's not conducive to winning. He's not old. He can run that fast. He, he's not old. So listen, like you guys can call LeBron James slow and and, and, and a bad defender, and I will call years. him something LeBron, a little different. LeBron can run for years. He's a oh my god. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's funny. It's in, in L.A. Yeah, in L.A. It's no question. The longest, the longest team ever. The longest team ever. The, 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 the uh, team with the if biggest wins. If, yeah. if he goes to the Knicks, he'll retire at thirty-seven. The Knicks. He's not going. He's not going to the Knicks. He's not going to the Knicks. The Knicks are just. Okay, on the Knicks. I, I mean, the Miami thing is, is, is something I'm think, I, I can see. I don't see them having a a good enough package. See, Popovich is not helping nobody. Like he. Popovich is gonna die on the sword. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna sit there and give in to what Kawhi wants. If Kawhi Kawhi is under contract, he's not gonna say, Oh, let me oh, you know what, I'll trade you to where do you wanna go, Kawhi? Oh, you wanna go to LA or you wanna go to Miami? You wanna go to Philadelphia? All right, I'll tra- I'll trade you there, no problem, buddy. No, he's not doing that. He's dying on the sword. He said, You play for me, you're not playing for nobody. He's not trying to, oh, I, trying question, to I I I think that's question on the Spurs. The Spurs even if they even if the Spurs have Kawhi Leonard, are they even a contender? No, and they're not. Be a good opportunity for them to re- to kind of rebuild because they don't really have a lot other than him. If they kept him. they're not get they're not then they're not getting big talent back. They're gonna get screwed in that deal. This is the this is the this is the Gasol deal all over again. You're crazy. There's no way, no way, not happening. Not happening. Not happening. None none of the teams we mentioned have enough to get to get it. Um, I, I didn't even mention what the um, proposed trade would be for Miami. So let's, let's go over the proposed trade for Miami would be um, uh, Goran um, Dragic, Josh, Josh Richardson, um, and Justice Winslow. Come on. For Kawhi oh and Patty Mills. Like it's not – I mean, like he's never going to get – he's not going to just like – I mean, he knows he's not winning a championship next year regardless because the, because the Western Conference All-Star team is playing by the bay. He knows that already, so it, so there's no. So he knows that, but he's not gonna. He's not gonna help. 
He's not gonna like. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help that. No, he's not helping that. No way. No way. That's gonna happen. Um, we can go to the miscellaneous part of the program now and talk about quickly about the World Cup, and then and then I have a question for James about the Cosby Show. But um, any <laughs> do you guys have any if any interest whatsoever? Any interest whatsoever in the World Cup? Is it does it excite I, you? Uh, yes, I actually do watch the World Cup um, because there's just such a passion behind it because um, th- these guys play for their country. I won't watch the early rounds, but when you get to the elimination games, that's, that's when I'll start watching the Cup. I've watched every World Cup final since 1986. Uh, it, it's just the passion that the players bring for their country, especially that final game. Um, you know, it's, The only thing that surpasses that is, is when a team wins the Stanley Cup. Um, that's that's the only thing that's more exciting than than when players win the win the World Cup. They they take such pride, um, and what it takes to get there. So yeah, I, I'm a fan of the World Cup. Um, I have no idea who's going to win it, but I, I will watch the once it gets to the elimination games. I'll start watching the World Cup. Mike, I never had any interest in the World Cup ever. Uh, and until I had a, I had an opportunity to live in South America for a short time, many several years ago, and um, I, they, it, to go to James' point, there's so much passion. It's like it's life. We say we say we're fans. That sport has so much backing um, and so much passion behind it. Uh, depending on where you live, here in America, we don't necessarily get that because it's not you know it's kind of down the list of, of popular sports. But and it, it does. It does hurt that the U.S. team is not in it, especially like for me. I would watch, I would watch and pay attention closely to all the U.S. games right at first round on. I'd imagine James would be the same way. Um, so the fact that they're not in it does does hurt it. But I will, um, I won't schedule it. But it's always on, so I'll end up, I will end up watching games and I will have an interest in it. Just won't be, you know, out of ten, maybe I'm a five, you know, four or five out of it. If the U.S. was in it, I'd have more interest. Okay. So James, what um yeah, please explain to me. Okay. How I so break it down. So what is it that you did not like about it? Was it uh, Ahmad Rashad's wife? You didn't like her, Malcolm Jamal Warner? Like what did you not <laughs> like about the Cosby yeah. show? So so all right, so so not liking the show and not being a fan of the show are two different things. I never said I didn't like the show. I said I just wasn't that big of a fan of the Cosby show. So let me put it into perspective for you. So when the Cosby show came out, um, I was 17, 18 years old. Um, I was also, when I turned 18, I was grandfathered into the drinking age of 18. So I was able to go to bars. The Cosby (laughs) show was on Thursday nights. Thursday nights was the night that we all went out. Thursday night was also the night I played softball. Um, so I was never really home on a Thursday night. So if the Cosby show was on, like, I just never really got into it. So, you know, I never said it. I didn't like it. I just said I, I wasn't a fan of the Cosby show. Um, if it's on TV right now, I, I probably wouldn't watch it because I just never got into it. Um, but so, some of the episodes I saw were funny. I thought that, the little daughter with the Rudy, I think was her name. I thought she was funny. Like she had her catchphrase. Oh um, and then really, then I got to a certain age where 
going out early on a Thursday night wasn't the same as going out late on a Thursday night. So, like, I really got into Thursday night, like, around the Seinfeld years. You know, I was a much different age. I was late 20s, early 30s when Seinfeld came on. And it was just a different time where we, you know, we weren't going out at 6, 7 o'clock at night to get to the happy hour specials. And, you know, we were going out like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night for, for a few hours. So, like, so my social life interfered with the fact that I never sat home and watched Cosby. So I'm sure when Cosby came on, you guys were like 14, 15 years old, maybe 12 years old. So, you know, you weren't going out on a Thursday night. But I was. So I, I never really got into that whole Thursday night lineup. And and the only reason I really ever stuck with Cheers is because Cheers started when I was in high school and wasn't really going out on a Thursday night. Um, so, you know, I would watch reruns of Cheers and, and, and stuff like that. And it was also on earlier. But, yeah, so, again, I never said I didn't like the Cosby show. I just said I wasn't a fan, which is two separate scenarios right there. So, and this is why I am so happy to have James on the show because James can – Break down the Super Bowl. James can, <laughs> James can break down um, NCAA tournament Final Four, and he can break down why he did not get a chance to enjoy the Cosby years, um, yeah. which is interesting. So, and I was um, going to say, I was, I was going like to even tried to add Wayne, Wayne. Rudy, even threw Rudy in. Rudy, even I know Rudy, Rudy and, I, and, I, and I remember when Lisa Bonet got. Lisa Bonet got kicked off for um, being in Playboy because that wasn't Cosby culture. Um, but I was going to say I, I really like Dwayne well, Wayne, but I, I guess he was he was on a different world. He wasn't ever on the Cosby show, which was a spinoff. Yeah. See, yeah. I know that different yeah. world. Cosby culture. Cosby culture. culture. <laughs> so, and speaking, speaking of Dwayne Wayne, Kadeem Hardison, <laughs> We we never got to talk about it, but a basketball movie I totally forgot about was White Men Can't Jump, and that that's one of my yeah, top he was. three very basketball good movies. Movie. He, was he was so awesome fun. in that movie with the whole Sizzler yes. scene. And... Yes, he was very funny. That was, that was funny. Like he, he he was a sidekick, the Wesley Snipes sidekick. So yeah. that was definitely yeah. that was definitely definitely, that was definitely hilarious. But and the Cosby Show did was in the era of of wasn't in the DVR era. So we so yeah. like, if you missed it, you just missed it. So like it's funny when I hear like he could have taped it. Can, he could have taped it if he liked it. He could have taped, taped it. it. He could taped it. But <laughs> I do remember I, I, when I hear kids like uh, get upset because they're watching a show. It's like, you know, Netflix is gonna be if you just stop watching and you put Netflix back on, it's gonna be at that same spot. So go to bed. Like <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. It's not big. Of, I like you know like you get you. You guys gotta eat. You guys got it easy. Uh, you guys got it really easy. Um, any miscellaneous things going on with you guys? I'm going to see mm. Cheap Trick tomorrow night up in Hartford. Cheap so I'm looking forward to that. I love Cheap Trick. <laughs> wow. Cheap, Trick's one of, Cheap Trick's one of my top ten bands. Every time I list my favorite bands, I always say Cheap Trick. And people, they kind of are taken aback, but I I love Cheap Trick. They're, they are just so good. So I'm looking forward to seeing them tomorrow night. I like them, but That's I wasn't a fan. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Yeah. It's a good it's a very good eighties very, very good eighties band. There's a there's a that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that took me a minute. So it took me a minute to get that one. Oh, there you go. Oh, God, no, I, 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 you you uh, James goes to the best concerts. He goes to the best eighties concerts. Even over the short yeah. time we've worked together. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah he, I, I, he, is, 
he's a concert kind of sewer. Like he is definitely yeah, he definitely has gone to a bunch of different concerts. So so we'll definitely see what's yeah. going on. I, I sat I sat down and was um kind of forced to watch um the Kardashians versus the West on Family Feud. That was <laughs> You were forced? Yeah. I oh no, I was forced. I was forced. I was forced. I was forced. Um <laughs> That's a shame. And it was, I mean, That's a shame. So, I mean what I mean, what H I mean he is I mean, Kanye is such a train wreck. It's, it's unbelievable. It's un. But I, I just, I can't. I haven't got words for it. Like he just, I don't know. He just something is was, definitely was off. Was anybody able to answer the question? Yeah. <laughs> did, did somebody win? Oh, um. Well, I, when, whenever they have celebrities on, it's always just you know, it's always just uh, it goes to charity and stuff like that. You know, no, no, okay. nobody's gonna, okay. nobody, nobody's actually gonna take the money. I mean, that, that would be kind of that would be yeah. that would be disgusting. But um, well, but there is a new show. You want to you want to be able to give money to charity, so someone's got to win. <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody got to win, right? <laughs> so um, there is a show on True TV. I guess if you like if you like the show MythBusters, it's very similar to MythBusters. It's called Adam Ruins Everything. I I, I can't stop watching the show. It, it, it's just amazing. Uh, this, this I've heard about that. I haven't there. seen that yet. Yeah, it's a yeah, really it's a really really good, really good show. My A and E obsession is is live PD, um, to the point that when I went down to South Carolina a couple months ago, I was, I was looking for the Obama gas station, so that I could stop by and see if I could be on TV. Oh my God! It's ten o'clock at night. It, actually, hold on. It's it's ten forty. There's a freaking ice cream truck driving down our street. <laughs> Listen, everybody, everybody got to get paid, it's, man. That's legal. It's playing I'll never, even know. It's music. The music never really changes in the ice cream truck, though. It never no. really changes. You should, run, you should run outside and just, and just go, ice cream! Yeah. Ice cream, man! <laughs> ice cream! <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! The, um, True, True TV has a show on it. Yeah, seriously, True TV has a show called I forgot what it's called now. I forgot what it's, it was in my head, but they actually it's a game show, and the money you win helps pay off your college debt. That's the whole premise of the show. Like you win money and it, and they, and they and they pay your they pay your college debt. So for those for those millions of Americans who are who um who are trying to ignore that chick Sally May, you could definitely um you can definitely definitely uh, go uh go uh go, go check that out. Um, movies, anything going on? Movies, movie theater. I do want to see Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. It does. Look Mission good. Impossible looks good. I um. I saw the solo movie. Um, it was it was all right. I liked it. I was a fan of it. I thought it was better than the Last Jedi. Um, I can understand why people didn't like it because you know he's not going to die. Um, but it was an interesting background story, and it was a really good preview for the the Ant Man and Wasp movie. So I'm looking forward to seeing that next. And I think we were talking last week. Uh, Tag comes out this weekend, so I want to see that. I'm 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 upset because if I was in if I was I would have loved to be in that movie tag. I would have loved I would have loved to be in that movie tag. I would I think that would have been I'd love that. I, but like if you're gonna be in a comedy, why not? That's really good. 
That's a really good one. That's a really good one. I um I frequently once in a while I will go to um mtv.com. And of course on the cover is the Jersey Shore show and it's just I mean it's 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 just, it's just ratchet TV. It's horrible. But <laughs> I was just thinking about it and like like seriously like they really like I know IHOP just changed their name. What is the purpose of calling this network MTV? Like, what is the purpose of calling it music television? It's a brand. There's, it's a brand. There is I, no, yeah. there is no music on this on this television, on this network. I, so their their top shows are the Challenge, the Challenge Reckoning, um, X on the Beach, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Jersey Shore, TRL, um, whatever. I'm um, Team Mom, Young and Pregnant, and then Team Mom Two. Um, so you make sure you. Um, <laughs> Um, I think, I think, honestly, I think most people under 30 don't know what the M and MTV stands for. Like, you know, um, you know, and MTV actually used to be a great cable channel called VH1 Classic that just played music videos Mm. all day and they played an occasional concert and then they changed that to MTV Classic and now they're playing like all the 90s shows. Um, and they got rid of Headbangers, uh, Headbangers Ball, they got rid of that and they got rid of Eddie Trunk Show, which was fun to watch with all the great 80s bands. And um, and MTV Classic ruined VH1 Classic. So MTV has just ruined music uh, from, from where they were back in the day. What happened? To how many people TV do you think would? How many how many people do you think would watch videos? Do you still think people would sit and watch videos on TV? It's, it's great background music. You know, and that's what no, that's I agree with that. Bad for me. Music. You know, MTV was always just playing in the background. They did other stuff. You know, in, in some cases it. They were replaced by stereo for some years, um, but yeah, no, it's maybe they think there's so I, many I, other people, options people now. People don't have be, that; it'd be a waste. Yeah, they don't have that attention span, you know. And everyone thinks they can get on TV and become famous by getting pregnant. So no, exactly. No, no, seriously, people actually do have the attention span. They do. It's they just much, choose it's much not easier to. It's much easier to get pregnant at 16 than it is to form a band nowadays. So I think that's what MTV is shooting for. <laughs> so, question, question, because I was listening to um, shout out to Dubs, um, Dubs, who was on um, last week with the, with the hockey show, and um, with, with James and myself, really did, did a really good job. Got a lot of view, got a lot of um, listens for the hockey show. So I'm gonna have to do some hockey um, when the season comes back around. But, um, you know, they were talking about, the like, if you go through the most popular songs on, on like, Apple Music or Spotify or whatever, you know, whatever streaming service you use, and most of it is rap. So my question to James, because you go to all these, you know, different rock concerts, are there any new rock bands or is rock kind of just in that situation where it's all just stuff we're listening to from the past not not anything that's current um there's a couple newer bands who i've been listening to um seether is one of them the struts is another newer band and i actually discovered a band called avatar this week who seem to be very um kind of like a heavy metal Queen slash Kiss theatrical performance type band, um, 
but you know, when when it comes to rock, I, I always fall back to you know, and even when it comes to rap, like I'm always listening to Public Enemy, I'm listening to the Beastie Boys, I'm listening to KRS One, um, you know, LL Cool J. Um, I've seen Running DMC in concert. I've seen Public Enemy in concert. I've seen the Beastie Boys. I saw Third Base in concert. Um, you know, wow. that, those those are those are the bands. I I just you know, and I think if you look at any musical genre, like you know, as you get older, you say you know, and maybe rock music is you know some of the rock bands they are just as good as rock bands back then. I don't believe that, but I truly, in my heart of heart, believe that rap has not been good since 2000. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I'm just such an old school fan. Like, get, like, like give me nineties Jay-Z, um, you know, nineties Jay-Z is the same as seventies Elton John. Seventies Elton John was like this hard ass, cool rocker who got soft in the eighties and nineties Jay-Z versus two thousand Jay-Z is, is just not the same thing. So, so give me old school rap any day over new rap. Um, there, there's just, there's like no one I could name new to rap today. I think like the last new rapper I heard was Ja Rule, and he's like in all the Fast and Furious movies now, right? So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, there are some new rock fans coming out that I can listen to and I've discovered, but when it comes to rap, I'm old school 100% of the way. Okay. Anything else to add right. to that, Mike? So, but that's not really I think the, the main thing, the main thing James said was discover. If you have to go and discover it, most people are not going to do that. So, to go back to your original question, was is there a lot of new rock music? I'm, I'm guessing if you have to go and discover it, it's generally there's not that much. I'm going to guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just, it's just an interesting thing. Like if you go, if you go, if you go look, and it's like, I mean, it's hard to match whether you like it or not. Like it's hard to match like the energy of like where hip hop is right now. It's just like it's just like when you hear like I mean like if, and, and for kids who want to piss off their parents, I mean it's it's perfect it's perfect music for that. Like there's no question. I mean like I mean come on, they don't they listen to Drake in the basement like whatever and just blasting music all the time, and your mother's trying to get you to clean the kitchen. I mean that's just perfect for that, right? Drake, so Drake from the hard streets of Toronto. And he was on that yeah, man. Show, that yeah, TV man. Show, so. The the, uh, the from the hard it. streets of um the the Grassy Junior High. That's right. He didn't earn. But he, he wasn't shot like Tupac. Tupac was shot seven times. All right. Why was he? <laughs> I was listening, I was thinking about that the other day, and I'm sitting there. While I'm like, I'm like, how the heck did this dude? Oh my god, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Do you guys? You guys watch? Um, did you watch um, Anthony Bourdain's show on CNN? Yeah. Um, when he when, I, 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 I watched all the shows. I loved his show. Yeah, I gotta. It was I used to so love different. that show. I love. So I mean, never heard anything you saw on TV. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, he even went into depth about himself on an episode where he talked about his, you know, his drug use and the first time he was. Um, Introduce his life to introduce himself to heroin and everything like that. So that that was a really powerful episode for me. I didn't really watch the show, and then one my mother called me and said, "Oh, you know, Anthony Bourdain is in Jamaica," and then because I'm Jamaican, so I so I watched it. And I, after, ever since that episode, I started watching and going back and watching the other ones. And the show was just he always made basically he was your tour guide, like you know what I'm saying. Like you can't like like all these places that he that he you would go broke going to all these places if you. 
if you um you know if you had to, but like he went there and it was kind of cool that he went there and um you know suicide is something really serious. It's kind of sad that um it ended that way for him, but um it just just in like just like watching watching those shows back, they were really good. Yeah, I mean he he brought life to stuff like you know like Vietnam or, or Cambodia, going there and just seeing the culture and everything was. He was just an incredible talent, um, you know, and and suicide's not good. So if you, if you need help, reach out to someone, reach out to a friend. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's never it's never the best option. Um, but you know, there's a very there's a very true post. We we talk about you know when a celebrity commits suicide, we talk about it a lot, and and yet every day there's 25 veterans of of our wars who are who are committing suicide yeah. every day. So. If you need help, reach out. I don't want to end. This, I don't want it to show on a on a sour note, but please reach out yeah. for help if you need it. Yeah, it is kind of it is kind of um it's kind of kind of sad that hurt. And, and and I remember I remember just women talking about Kate Spade as well. But it was it was a tough week for that tough week for that subject. Um, um as we as we as we talk about those things there. So um, different note. So for you guys, do both of you guys have Netflix and Hula or just Netflix? I just do Netflix. Hulu didn't impress me. I can't. I can't. I can't do that. Mike, you just have Netflix. No, I'm actually going to be getting it, but that's that's something. It, we're in kind of the dilemma of going through getting rid of uh, trying to trying to get rid of cable and, and kind of uh, and go that direction. Um, and so I'm yeah. one, one of those that is going to be making that transition. I think pretty soon. Did you do see it? My wife you, have been discussing it. Did you do um, the the what is it called? Uh, what is that stupid thing called? They put on your roof. Um, the um, the satellite. I did. I've done that for years, um, and it gets, it, I think it, it, it gets know, sometimes it's just out of laziness. You know, you just get in a habit of doing, and you, you kind of I kind of like the packages that I've had, but um, it just saves you money, saves you a lot. I mean, we're just getting to the point where we're. We, uh, I think it would just be a better option. And I think so many people have gone in that direction. I think we're just, we're just kind of late to the party with it. But I think it's something that's inevitable. It's going to happen soon. Yeah, I got, I got, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the PSU, PSU train. So I've been pretty good with that. It should be pretty good with that. Um, yeah, you love that. You've said that for years. You've said that. You've said that for years. You've been on it for a couple years since the start. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, and then and then you can quit it anytime you want, and it's not like you know. And if you want to put it back on, you can just put it back on. It's not like a big deal. It's not like a big hassle. It's not a huge, you know, credit check that you know one of these big conglomerates have to go through to to do it. It's just ridiculous. I I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think I think it's the best best way to do it. What the heck? And what what the heck is going on at IHOP? Like whose idea was this? <laughs> like who's the same whose guy who invented new Coke? <laughs> They haven't been, you know, in the end, I guess they haven't been doing so well. So I guess you got to make a change or go out of business. I guess it sounds kind of a desperate move to me. I mean, doesn't it? <laughs> When's the I last think, time IHOP I mean, got this much attention in the news? I mean, that's true. No one's that's ever true. got no one's ever got food poisoning at 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 IHOP like they did at Taco Bell or um, you know the other place where food poisoning happens Chipotle, every six months. Chipotle, Chipotle, you know. So. You know, I have been on the news more than than any time in the last 30 years. <laughs> so um, they did something right, but they're getting a lot of backlash. I think Burger King had the best by putting out the Pancake King 
insignia, and I thought that was pretty funny. King, I, I just cannot. I, I just cannot. I, I, it's gonna be weird actually calling, calling it that. I, have, I, I just can't. It's a, it's, a, I, it's, a temporary, it's a it's a temporary thing. It's just the bar, it's just yeah. as they're marketing the burgers. It's gonna go back to IHOP. Yeah, it's gonna, they're gonna have to do something. Well, um, miscellaneous is is over. Uh, we are gonna be out of here in a little bit. We got the we got the the, the Grassy Junior High theme song playing in the background by Drake. Um, <laughs> it's not even the real Degrassi Junior High. The real Degrassi Junior High was on in the '80s. Okay, so <laughs> Degrassi Junior High. Oh my God! Half, half the half the characters in Kevin Smith's first movie have names from the original Degrassi Junior High. Why did not know that? I did not know that. Yeah, in the original <laughs> Clerk, in the original Clerk, half the characters have the exact same names. As many of the characters, the original Degrassi Junior High, because Kevin Smith was such a huge fan of the show as a kid. <laughs> I, I used to watch. I used to watch the show too. If I can't lie, I used to watch the show too. It was, it was on PBS. <laughs> it wasn't even. It wasn't even on like yeah. regular TV. No PBS. PBS. So, I don't know. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Put on waivers. Right. Right, good night. Podcast. It was fun. Take care, guys. Good night. Nothing was done to me So I don't plan on stopping at all I won't see shit forever, mind, ever, mind, ever, mind Tell you see it down in the mall It's telling that girl she the one for me And I ain't even planning to call I won't see shit forever, mind, ever, mind, ever, mind I used to have hood dreams Big fame, big change. I stuck my dick inside his life until that bitch came. And went all, all fall like the ball team. Just so I could make it rain all spring. Y'all seen my story, my glory. I had raped the game young. You could call it statutory when a nigga blow up. They gon' build statues from me. Old money, Benjamin Button. Why not? You a bad chick giving me Nick loving You would think I ran the world like Michelle's husband You would think these niggas know me when they really doesn't Like they was down with the old me, no you fucking wasn't You such a fucking loser He ain't even go to class, Bueller Straight to Grammy Black, just to have my granny back Remember she had that bad hip like a fanny pack Chasing the star, I'ma turn you to a maniac all the way in Hollywood and I can't even act They pull their cameras out and goddamn me snap I used to want to sing forever, y'all can have it back It may not mean nothing to y'all Understand nothing was done to me So I don't plan on stopping at all I won't see shit forever, mind, ever, mind, ever, mind Shut your shit down in the mall It's telling that girl she the one for me And I ain't even planning to call I won't see shit forever, mind, ever, mind, ever, mind Okay, hello, it's the Martian, Space Jam Jardin. I wrote this shit forever, wake up and smell the garden. Fresher than the harvest, step up to the target. If I had one guest, then I guess I'm just New Orleans. And I would never stop, like I'm running from the cops. Hopped up in my car and told my chauffeur to the top. 
life is such a fucking roller coaster, then it drops. But what should I scream for? This is my theme park. My mind shine even when my thoughts seem dark. Pistol on my side, you don't wanna hear that thing talk. Let the king talk, check the price and pay attention. Little Wayne, that's what they gotta say a mission. I'm like Nevada in the middle of the summer. I'm resting in the lead, I need a pillow and a cover. My foot sleeping on the gas. No brake pads, no such thing as last. Uh, uh. It may not mean nothing to y'all. Understand nothing was done for me. So I don't plan on stopping at all. I won't see shit forever, mind, ever, mind, ever, mind. Shut your shit down in the mall. And telling that girl she the one for me. And I ain't need a plan in the car. I won't see shit forever, mind, ever, mind, ever, mind. Stadiums and stadiums, this is slow Cause they go, macadamia and they go So ballistic, whoa, he can make them look like Bozos, he's wondering if he should spit this slow Fuck no, go for broke, his cup just Wanna throw a oh no, he ain't had a Buzz like this since the last time that he overdosed They've been waiting patiently for Pinocchio To poke his nose, back into the game And they know rap will never be the same as before Passing in the brains of these hoes And establishing a name as he goes, the passing and the flame Is ignited, you can't put it out once we light it This shit is exactly what the prophet I'm talking about when we riot, you dealing with Now, your favorite music apps are available on Contour from Cox. Go from watching a musical to listening to your favorite music. Enjoy a country western and then a country jam. Go from a love story to love songs. Or go from action flicks to something that makes you feel like an action hero. Now with Contour from Cox. 